The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Arthur Menchis is going to be joining us. Some of you know Arthur, our good friend Arthur. He's going to be joining us. And so Arthur has been coming to Faith Hill Church for the last six years, okay? And so Arthur is going to be coming back again. Uh, so Arthur has his children here and his grandkids are here and in um, Pumalanga. So he comes every single year. And so he called me, sent me a message actually last week and he said, man, I'm coming. Can we do this again? We say, man, Arthur, you're always welcome. And so he's going to come. He wanted to come in December, but I told him you have a choice. You can either come in January and do one service, or you can come in December and do two services. <laughs> and he said, well, that's easy. I'm coming in January. <laughs> and so Arthur is going to be coming on the 17th. Both Arthur and Kathy are going to be here with us on the 17th of January. So please diarize that and plan to be here. If you don't know Arthur, he's just got such a revelation of God's unconditional love, and he shares it from a really different uh, but radical perspective. You're definitely going to love him. I mean, he has a revelation on, on the gospel and the grace of God. Uh, Arthur actually uh, was about to burn out, because legalism will burn you out. That was uh, way back in uh, 91. He was about to burn out when he had an encounter uh, with the gospel, and the Lord began to reveal these truths to him and uh, he just was set free and he came back into the ministry and he's been preaching the gospel uh, for over 30 years. So you definitely want to come and uh, uh, hang out uh, at Faith Hill Church on the 17th of January. Amen. You ready? Lift your Bible, lift it up real high, cell phones, iPads, whatever you're working with, iPhones, Samsungs, who are we's? Shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word. And my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Amen. So today, I, I felt we uh, can take a little detour uh, from what we've been talking about. We're currently running a series uh, called Home Improvements, where we're talking about uh, the grace of God for a godly family. And so the last two weeks, we've been talking about relationship, uh, particularly the relationship of a husband and wife, a marriage relationship. And um, uh, next week, we're going to be talking about how to uh, raise kids in a godly manner. Uh, we're going to be helping each other through scripture how we can release that grace of uh, raising godly children in a, in, a, in a godly environment. Amen. And how to discipline and things of that nature. We're going to be looking at all of that uh, and helping each other in that regard. And in the following weeks after that, we're going to be helping uh, the singles how to find a godly spouse, someone who will come into your life and help. Why, why was that funny? I think it's something serious. Amen. Man, I'm trying to preach here. And so that's what we're going to be doing, helping our singles, uh, you know, find a godly spouse. Amen. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. But today, I felt it necessary for us to just take a, a little uh, a breather and just say thank you, Jesus. So we're going to be looking at uh, a lifestyle of thanksgiving. You, you know, the Bible uh, uh, refers to thanksgiving as a, as, a, as a response of faith. If you read in Colossians chapter number 2, uh, verse 7, the Apostle Paul encourages the church at uh, Colossae primarily and ultimately you and I uh, to be rooted and grounded and established uh, in, in, in our faith. And he goes on to say that you begin to abound in that faith uh, with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving helps us respond to the grace or to that which Jesus has already done for us at the cross uh, with so much faith. So uh, thanksgiving is almost, and praise, thanksgiving and praise, I'm going to be using those words uh, interchangeably in this teaching. Uh, thanksgiving and praise is almost your, your pulse, if you will. Uh, if you want to check how much uh, faith you're operating in, if you want to check uh, uh, how your spiritual life is, you can look at the praise and thanksgiving meter, if you will. Uh, if your thanksgiving is low, you are probably uh, drifting into ICU. If you don't have a lot of praise in you, you are probably drifting into ICU when it comes to faith uh, and uh, uh, just, you know, responding to that which Jesus has already uh, paid for us uh, at the cross. Because truth be told, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, Scripture encourages us to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith if you keep your eyes on jesus nothing else will come out of your mouth except siabonga jesu if you fix your eyes on what jesus paid for at the cross i mean he paid for a whole lot uh we've uh, taught on how jesus said it is finished translated tetelestai which means paid in full he paid uh, so that you could be redeemed from the curse of the law uh, the penalty that was attached to not keeping the law he paid so that you and i could have divine health and receive divine healing uh, he paid so that we could become the righteousness of god listen if you kept your eyes at the cross you can't help but say thank you jesus, thank you, jesus. you can't help but say hallelujah amen, amen. And so that's what we're going to be uh, looking at today. So quickly, let's go to Luke chapter number 17. And we're going to read from verse 11 uh, to uh, verse 19. And it came to pass, as he went, he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain city or village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Man, there's so much I could share from that. Uh, but, you know, what I want to really uh, get you to, to see is that uh, Jesus gave to the lepers a grace instruction to respond to. Uh, because we are saved by grace through faith. Uh, that's Ephesians chapter number 2 verse 8. Uh, 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 grace alone uh, won't do much for you. Uh, just like faith alone won't do much for you. It has to be a combination of grace through faith. So uh, Jesus here is giving them, the lepers, an opportunity uh, to act on their faith. Amen? We are a grace church, but we are not ignorant of the fact that uh, we have to respond to the grace of God uh, through our faith. 
So grace uh, alone is not going to do much for you. You have to respond to it uh, uh, through your faith action. You know, I'm not one of those preachers uh, that, you know, major in grace so much that I have to force myself to ignore the book of James. Just kind of act like it doesn't exist. You know, just kind of act like James never said faith without corresponding action is dead. No, it, 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 it fits with the picture because, you know, Romans 5.2 tells us we have access into the grace that we stand through our faith. So faith is very important. It's a part of the equation. So Jesus here is giving the lepers something to act on. He's giving the lepers something to activate uh, their faith on because the only time you were allowed to go and show yourself to the priest was when you were already clean. So essentially what Jesus is saying to them by faith is you are already clean. You know why? Because Jesus always walks by faith and not by sight. To Jesus, it was a fact. It was the truth that they were already clean. Even though on the outside it may have looked that they were not it was a spiritual reality, according to Jesus, that they were already clean. That's why he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And the Bible said, as they went, as they acted on that, the, the, the supernatural reality kicked into the natural and it manifested on the outside. See, everything that's settled on the inside will at some point manifest on the outside. Can I get an amen? And it says, so they were cleansed, verse 15 now, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, uh, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, or he praised God, or he gave thanks to God. He fell down on his uh, face uh, at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? So this reveals God's attitude when it comes to praise and thanksgiving. Jesus was concerned. He said, Were there not uh, uh, ten that were healed? How come only one came back? Where are the nine? Verse 18, they are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go your way, thy faith has made thee whole. See, the first part of scripture in verse um, uh, 14 and 15 tells us that he, the, the ten were healed. But when it comes to this one, in verse 19, he says he got something else extra. He got something else on top of just getting the healing. Jesus said to him, your faith has made thee whole. Now, if you look up, that word whole is the same root word etymologically with the word sozo or soterio, which means salvation. So essentially what Jesus was saying to him was not only did you get healed, now you are receiving the wholeness of your salvation. Man, it would have been great for him to just get healed. But now, because this man operated in the principle or the lifestyle of thanksgiving and praise, he was able to have access into the greater realities of God's grace for us. Amen. Someone read a scripture earlier on, Psalm 100 verse 4, which says we shall enter his gates with and into his courts with. See, thanksgiving gives you uh, access into the grace of God. Amen? 
The best way to respond to life circumstances is to look at what Jesus did at the cross. Settle it in your heart that you're going to receive it and burst out in praise. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's go now to uh, Luke chapter number 9. Luke chapter number 9. We're going to read uh, from verse 12 to 17. Luke chapter number 9 from uh, verse 12 to 17. It says, And when the day began to wear out, then came the twelve, and said unto him, him being Jesus, Let's send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and country round about, and lodge and get victuals, for we are here in a desert place. But he said unto them, Give you them to eat. And they said, We have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we should go and buy meat for all these people. Verse 14. For there were about 5,000 men, and he said to his disciples, Make them sit down by fifties in a company. And they did so, and made them all sit down. And then he, being Jesus, took the five loaves and the two fishes. How many of, know, of you know that five loaves and two fishes are not enough in the natural? Yeah. Amen. 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 I mean, five, uh, if you invited me to a bride and you just happened to have five loaves and two fishes, <laughs> man, it's going to be a pitiful bride. Amen. But watch what, watch what happens here. Then Jesus took the two fish and the five loaves and looking up to heaven. Now, I used to read, speed read, pass through that without looking at it or looking into it to see what it represents. That phrase, looking up, is the Greek word anablepo. Ana, which means to look, and blepo, which means to look in the secondary realm. So Jesus took the two fish and the five loaves, but he just didn't look at that. He looked at a secondary realm. So Jesus, you know, when we read this Bible verse and it says, then Jesus took the two loaves and the five uh, fish, you know, for, for most of us who are religious, it just sounds like Jesus was doing something, you know, religious to just kind of impress those around him, right? Like he took the two fish and look at him. And then he looked unto the heaven. No, no, no. That's not what he did. He's not talking about the outside. He's saying when Jesus took the two fish and the five loaves, he didn't limit his sight to what he could see in the natural. Amen. Amen. And see, if you limit your sight to what you can see in the natural, you're going to struggle to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Because it is really 152 rand that's left in the account. That's what's really real, right? But we also know that there's Philippians 4.19 which says, My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And so you can still give God praise when you choose to look into that reality. Now, when we, you know, the Lord gave us the vision to launch out and to plant a faithful church, it was a few of us, 21, 22, I think, uh, in our living room when we started having uh, services, uh, we would have to uh, um, uh, pay rent uh, for the same day uh, with the money that came in on that day, and then the balance, we would have to take our own 
personal uh, credit and check cards and use that to uh, pay, but we would still go into service and dance as if all our needs are met. You know why? Because we were looking at a greater reality. That could have been discouraging. But we didn't choose to go with the natural reality. You may have gotten a, a, a diagnosis or a prognosis from the doctors that say you've got something. But let me tell you, child of God, there is a greater reality. There's a greater reality that you can look into in the secondary realm. Scripture tells us that while we do not look at the things that we can see with these eyes, because the things that we see with these eyes are temporary. In other words, they are subject to change. The 152 rand that's left in your account is subject to change. The COVID 360, what is it? 19, COVID-19, man. The COVID-19 report is subject to change. Because it is in the natural. In fact, I'm encouraged to see uh, 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 MASH here. MASH, MASH, man, MASH is an adventurous dude. He went in there and uh, Jesus healed him. Praise God. You understand MASH? Just stand. Just stand so everybody can see MASH. MASH in the house praise the lord the doctors were impressed they said he's our uh, star uh, patient amen that's what jesus can do the report in the natural is subject to change amen we don't look at the natural. So when Jesus took the two fish and the five loaves, if he had fixated his, his eyes and he had focused just on that, what was happening in the natural, he could have been discouraged. Amen. Just like any of us, I don't care who you are, I don't care what school you went to, if you look in the natural, just look around you, man, there is nothing encouraging. Yeah. Amen. When the other guy wins politically, they say, ah, oh, it was the wrong guy. And then with the other ones, I mean, you can't, I'm in, the, in the natural, there is nothing encouraging. The economies of the world are going down. I mean, there's more sicknesses in the world than ever before. There's so much discouragement around you. But for you, child of God, you don't have to go with that reality. You can go with Jesus' reality. Amen. Because we look unto him. We don't look at what's surrounding us. So Jesus took the two fish, the five loaves. The first thing he did was look unto heaven. And how many of you know that there is no shortage in heaven? I mean, heaven, they're not running around with buckets to try and get water from, you know, you know no, they're not doing any of that. S- scripture says in heaven, I used to think, you know, when we were in Sunday school, they taught us that the streets were paved with gold. That's not what it says in Revelations. It says the streets are made out of gold. So they just take one big slab of gold and just boom. And you know pearls? Ladies love pearls. It says the gates are made out of one gigantic pearl. Just, just one big pearl. And here's what really impressed me. You know, uh, back in the 90s, they used to have uh, a show called Cribs on MTV. Because they really say you, 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 you can really truly measure someone's wealth uh, based on where they live. Now, if you look at God's house in the book of Revelations, 
He says it's got streets made out of gold, gigantic pearls. Here's what really, really impressed me. He says it's got 12 foundations, and all of them are made out of precious stone. I mean, if you and I get precious stone, we're probably going to put it somewhere where people can see it. Probably put it in the display or something. And God says, oh, no, just, that's just concrete. Now, here was, here's what really impressed me is that the man could have stopped at the second foundation. He could have stopped at the sixth foundation. He went all the way to the twelfth foundation. Let me tell you, child of God, there is no shortage in heaven. God made one planet called Jupiter. Go and Google it. That rains diamonds all the time. It's just raining diamonds all the time. There is no shortage in heaven. And so when you look at God, you can be encouraged even while holding two fish. Now, this is not a technique. Jesus was sincere in his gratitude. This is not a technique. See, sometimes we look into scripture and we're just looking for a technique. This is not a technique. This is a way of life. Jesus was genuinely thankful that there is no shortage in heaven. So he took the two fish and the five loaves, looked unto the heaven, and scripture says he gave thanks. He said, thank you, God. Thank you, Father. And he says when he started uh, breaking food from that, I mean, that thing multiplied. In fact, let me read it. He says, Jesus uh, 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 break and gave to the disciples to set before the multitudes, and they did eat and were all filled. And there was taken up uh, fragments that remained to the tune of 12 baskets. Because he's a God of abundance. Amen. 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 And so when you start to uh, live a lifestyle of thanksgiving, please don't use this as a technique because you're not going to get any results out of it. This has to be sincere. And you can only be sincere when you look unto Jesus. You can only be sincere when you look at a different reality. I'm reminded of uh, the story of King Jehoshaphat. Uh, he was coming against uh, uh, three nations that were coming against him, and they were getting ready to just come in there and plunder everything. The uh, Moabites, Ammonites, and the Meunites, they were coming against him. And so he prayed and went to inquire of the Lord, and he asked God, uh, what shall we do with this situation? And the first thing the Lord told him was, uh, this is not even your battle. How many of you realize that it's not even our battle? Jesus has already fought and he has already won it at the cross. All we get to do is to enforce the victory that Jesus won at the cross. Amen. See, if you try to fight the devil in your own strength, in your own battle, you are just fighting a defeated foe. It's nothing but shadow boxing. Because he's already been defeated. The only part you and I play is to enforce that victory. And so he went and the Lord told him, Hey, King uh, uh, Jehoshaphat, it's not even your battle. You're going to win this battle spectacularly. And he said, How, Lord? And he was praying uh, for the latest uh, technology uh, in military equipment. Lord, give me the latest. I want the latest. And the Lord answered and gave him the latest. And he said to him, what I want you to do is to put the choir in front of the battle. 
That would have worked really well today. <laughs> Can you imagine the pastor showing up and saying, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put Jose, uh, uh, Boosie, Marshall, <laughs> uh, and the boys in, the, in, in front of the bed. You're all going to fight the battle. <laughs> and so here's what the Lord said to him. He said, I want them to sing a song as you go towards the enemy's camp. But what's really interesting is that the Lord didn't just say, I want them to sing a song. The Lord said, I want them to sing a song and this is the song I want them to sing. Because yeah. I mean, if you just show up to some church folk and say, I want you to sing a song, I'm people who sing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Someone would have started a song. It's not an easy road. And the whole church would have joined it. It's not an easy road. It's not. And people will get a spiritual experience from singing discouraging stuff. And this is why when you come to Faith Hill Church, 90% of the songs are going to be about what Jesus has already done for us at the cross. They're not going to be about current affairs. They're not going to be about what's going on out there. They're going to be about the victory that Jesus wrought on the cross. Amen? And so the Lord said, this is the song that I want them to sing. And the song is this, give thanks unto the Lord for his mercies endure forever. Amen. Well, Lord, what if we get tired singing that? Sing it again. So the song went something like this. Thank you, Lord. Your mercies endure forever. Is that it, Lord? Yes, that's it. What, what was he trying to get them to do? He was trying to get them to focus on him and not on the enemy. Because whatever you focus on grows. And one of the things that thanksgiving and praise does is that it makes, big, uh, it makes God big. It magnifies God. You know, we use these words in church. Uh, 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 magnify the Lord. Uh, 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 make the Lord big in your life. And, and, you know, the real question sometimes is, how can I make him big? He's already big. You can make him big or small in your life. Your perspective of him can either be big or small. And how do you make him big in your life? How do you magnify him when you draw all your focus onto him? And so as the nation went into the enemy's camp singing one song, thank you, Lord, for your mercies endure forever. Scripture says that there was confusion in the enemy's camp. You know why there was confusion? Because after all, they're supposed to be depressed. In the natural, you are supposed to be discouraged. And so now you're driving to work giving Jesus praise and the enemy is confused. Man, you are supposed to be discouraged. You are supposed to be crying right now. But here you are giving God praise. There was confusion in the enemy's camp and they started killing each other. And that's what happens when you start to give God praise. You start to get what I like to call accidental breakthroughs. Listen, they were not going into a prayer of warfare. I bind you Ammonites. I bind you Meonites. I bind you. No, they were not doing any of that. All they were doing was, thank you, Lord. Your mercies endure forever. See, sometimes the church is doing the most. Let's try it. Someone shout, thank you, Jesus. Man, that's a powerful prayer right there. 
Someone once asked me, why are the t-shirts that the uh, uh, church uh, make, all of them are just, can't we come up with something else? I don't think there's anything else better than that in the earth realm. There's nothing better than donkey Jesus. There's nothing better than siabonga Jesu. There's nothing better than thank you Jesus. There's nothing better than giving God praise. Amen. Paul and Silas. They've been beaten, stripped naked, thrown into the uh, 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 deeper section of the prison. Right in there. They are hurting. They had an opportunity and a choice to make. You either start complaining about where you are and start comparing your wounds. Let me see what you got. Oh, man, this one. Oh, man, he got me here. Oh, oh. Man, I can't even move. Oh, man, yours is swollen. Oh, it's got pass in it. Oh. No, they didn't do that. If you read in Acts 16, verse 25, it says, at midnight. No spiritual significance to midnight. Someone, somewhere, who say, I went to church today, and the pastor said, Paul and Silas did it at midnight, so I need to set my watch. It just so happened... That the clock said midnight when they started to pray, it could have been 1.30 in the morning. Zero spiritual significance. Amen? I said amen. amen. And so, Scripture says, at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing praises unto God. The only reason they could do that is because they knew they had a greater reality than the reality that they were looking at. And there is always something to give praise for. Amen? Amen. The Apostle Paul, I mean, unlike the Apostle Paul, he couldn't lose for losing. I mean, how do you beat a guy who says, for me, to die is gain. (laughs) And to live is Christ. So I'm winning either way. You know how you can live that way? When you have a secondary perspective of where we're going when we check out of the earth. Some of you think when we check out, that's going to be the end of it. No, that's just going to be the beginning of it. We're going to a beautiful place. Jesus said, I'm going to go to, uh, back to my father and I'm going to build you a mansion. Mansion. Mansion translated simply means big house. Have you ever seen, seen a small mansion? <laughs> and Jesus said, I'm going to be working on your mansion. And he's been working on it for the last 2,000 years. I mean, God created the whole earth in six days. Jesus has been working on my mansion, your mansion, for the last 2,000 years. That will make you say, hey, for me to die is gain. So you can't lose for When your perspective is always focused on heaven, you can't lose for losing. Amen? Amen. I said amen. Amen. And so the Apostle Paul and uh, Silas began to pray and sing praises uh, to the Lord. And scripture says, as they were doing that, there was an earthquake in in the cell. 
Things began to shake in the cell. Uh, the shackles began to fall off. I mean, Paul and Silas were not praying for a breakthrough. They were not praying for the Lord to open the prison doors or any of that. They got that as an accidental breakthrough. What they were praying for was just giving thanks and loving on the Lord and giving Him praise. And as they were doing that, the Lord came through for them. I like to call it uh, 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 the boomerang way of approaching your breakthrough. You don't, you don't have to be uh, fixated on, on what you're going through and try to bind. There is a place for that. But really, Paul and Silas are just giving God thanks. And when the thing opens... They just chilled and relaxed. They're not ready to bomb out. They just said, man, we're going to stay in here and just, you know, preach the gospel. They wound up preaching the gospel uh, to the jailer, and he got saved, him and his household. I mean, these guys were getting accidental breakthroughs, just focusing on praise and thanksgiving. And so what I want to say to you, uh, really, this morning is a lifestyle of thanks and praise giving. Uh, uh, a lifestyle of thanksgiving and praise really is where God has called us to live our lives as children of God. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. Quickly now as we close, let's go to Psalm 8 verse 2. Thank you, Jesus. Remember the story of David? David came back to Ziglag. And scripture says when he came back, he found out that uh, uh, the whole city had been plundered. And when he got back there, he says the 600 men that was with him, everybody started crying uh, until they uh, couldn't cry anymore. Some of them fainted, you know, uh, from crying. It was really a terrible situation. They'd burnt everything. They'd taken all their uh, wives and their children. And uh, Scripture says something that's interesting as well. Uh, uh, in that story, it says, And David began to encourage himself in the Lord. How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? You encourage yourself in the Lord by focusing on Him. And how do you focus on Him? You focus on Him by giving Him praise and thanksgiving. And Scripture says as he began to focus on the Lord, he regained his strength. And his prayer moved from crying to, Shall I pursue, overtake, and recover? And the Lord said you can pursue, overtake, and recover. And I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that there is strength released in thanksgiving there is strength released in praise whenever you feel tired listen as a child of god we shouldn't have blue mondays you have enough strength in your ammunition you have enough things to do to respond to blue mondays to get strength from you can pray in tongues you can sing songs of praise and that's what's cool about wearing a mask Yesterday, I, was, I went out shopping uh, with, with my wife and my kids. And, and while I was at four, I mean, I couldn't do this last year. Man, how many of you know Scripture says all things work together, including the mask? I found a new good use for the mask. I can just walk around and say, and I can move my lips. You know, the Pentecost are moving your lips. Sometimes you just want that sha. You know, the shard tongues. And I can do that under my mask and no one thinks I'm crazy. I couldn't do that without my mask. I mean, people are going to say, is that guy crazy? He's talking to himself. Now I can talk to myself. I can encourage myself. Amen. Amen. 
Just under that mask, I can, you know, begin to sing songs of praise. I can do my confessions. I can talk to myself. I, man, I can do a whole lot. I just need to make sure I don't get too used to it. Because when they take them away, <laughs> I would hate to think I'm wearing a mask when I'm not, okay? Psalm 8, verse 2. Psalm 8, verse 2. Uh, listen to what it says. It says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal or stop the enemy and the avenger. The word steal there means to stop. So here scripture says, God has ordained strength in the mouth of babes, children, his children, you and I, to be able to stop the enemy, and the avenger in his tracks. Listen, when the enemy is trying to do things in your life, you have the power to stop him in his tracks. And how do you stop him in his tracks? Let's read uh, the same verse uh, translated by Jesus in Matthew 21, 16. So Jesus quotes the same uh, verse in the New Testament. And this is what he said. And he said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus says unto them, Hey, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? So over there, the scripture said in Psalm 8 verse 2, God has ordained strength and Jesus makes a commentary on that to really show us what that means. So Jesus is not misquoting scripture when he uh, 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 changes the phrase ordained strength to perfected praise. It's the same thing. Jesus is bringing us into a deeper revelation. You know why? Because ordained strength is perfected praise. Man, there is strength in giving God praise. Amen. Whenever you feel like giving up, whenever you feel like throwing in the towel, just start giving God praise. Amen. Not as a technique, but as a way of life. You know, in my prayer uh, time, uh, most of the time, I'm just thanking the Lord uh, for what he has done. I'm just thanking the Lord for Jesus. I'm just thanking the Lord for my wife. I'm just thanking... How many of you know that it's a blessing to be married Oh, just a few married folk. Are like, the married folk were like, yeah, I know, pastor, yeah, hallelujah, yeah, okay, pastor, yeah. I was hoping for better from the married folk. They're just like, pastor, you're on your own. <laughs> Man, I didn't get an amen, nothing. Wives, you need to hunch your husbands and say, say amen, hey, when say something. <laughs> man there's so much to be thankful for amen there's so much to be just try and breathe in just breathe in breathe out did you do that without any struggle thank you Jesus amen just move your hand just move your hand uh, your shoulder doesn't hurt your back is alright thank you Jesus amen just move your head and see if, you know, you can do that freely. Thank you, Jesus. Just put a smile on your face. Show your neighbor your 32s, 16s, or whatever you're still working with. 
You can say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just look on your feet. You got shoes on. Thank you, Lord. Even if you don't have shoes, you got feet. Thank you, Jesus. In other words, you don't have to wait until something big happens for you to adopt a lifestyle of thanksgiving. You can thank God right where you are. Shout, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Man, if, when you get out of here, you go into your car, that's something to be thankful about. You make it back home, that's something to be thankful about. You may not have a full tank, but if you've got enough to get home, thank you, Jesus. And we know what happens to the two fish, five loaves type of fuel. It multiplies when you bring a heart of gratitude. There is an anointing of multiplication attached to a lifestyle of praise and thanksgiving. Man, you begin to access more of grace when you start to live a life of gratitude, thanksgiving, and praise. Even in the natural, people who are thankful uh, have more things given to them, have more things happen to them. Uh, uh, you know, I remember the one time I was at the house and I decided I was going to do the garden. So I did the garden and, uh, you know, I worked on the garden. And after I finished working on the garden, I went into the house a little bit tired and, I, you know, I'm just finished now. And I went in and my wife said, man, honey, you did such a good job. Thank you. You are so strong. Man, all of a sudden I felt like going back outside. <laughs> Just picking up stuff and just, yeah, yeah. What did you say? I'm, I'm, yeah. You know why? Because it releases more. Man, you want to start having more access to God's grace? Start being thankful. Start filling your heart with grace. Look around you. You will always find something to be thankful for. And I have to be thankful for quitting when I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, someone shout, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Man, he's a good, good father. And we love him for who he is. Amen. I said, amen. amen. Father, we just thank you. Lord, we just give you praise and glory and honor for who you are. Lord, I thank you for every single one of your children under the sound of my voice. Lord, we just thank you for their lives. We thank you for their good health. We thank you for the relationships that you have blessed them with. We thank you that they are surrounded with family and friends uh, that love them. Lord, we just thank you uh, that you have already gone before them and ordained a bright future for them. Lord, we're just so thankful for the greatest gift ever. Even as we're coming into this season of Christmas, Lord, we are just so thankful for the gift of Jesus. The greatest gift to be given to mankind. Lord, we are just so thankful that Jesus came, died for us at the cross. We take from our vocabulary the spirit of complaining, murmuring. We erase it from our vocabulary. We are not complainers. We are praisers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
I'm going to give you guys a challenge this week. Just look up. I'm going to give you a, a challenge. Uh, 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 in fact, let's do it for a month. I think it's going to be good. We're going to go for a, for a fast uh, 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 in the month of December. We're going to fast from complaining. This is probably going to be the hardest fast of your life. Because as you go out there, it's going to start raining. And some of you are going to get a real good temptation with that. <sighs> no, thank you, Jesus, for rain. See, if you are a complainer, it doesn't matter what happens. If it rains, oh, man, I can't believe it's raining. If the sun comes out, it's a blue clear. Oh, man, it's too hot. If it gets mild in spring, oh, man, we need it to be a little bit. I mean, if you are a complainer, the problem is not out there. The problem is in here. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to go on a real fast for the month of December. And if you do it for 21 days, it's going to become a part of you. Whenever you feel that urge to complain about your boss. Thank the Lord that you have a job. I like that. Thank you, Lord, that I have a job. Amen. Amen. When you are getting that real strong temptation to complain about your children, there's someone else who doesn't have kids. Amen. Amen. When you get, thank you Jesus that I have children. When you're starting to feel like you should complain uh, about your, your spouse, there's someone else who doesn't have a spouse. Amen. Amen. And then when you start trying to get uh, 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 an urge to complain that you're single, there's someone else with a crazy spouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I mean, they say if we threw all our problems in, in, in one basket, man, you would take yours back real fast. And I'm taking mine, I'm taking mine. So here's what we're going to do. Starting this week. Can y'all do that? Can you promise Amen. that you're going to be thankful? Amen. A lot more thankful? Amen. Instead of, man, I, I don't like this mark. Thank you, Jesus, I get to pray in tongues yeah. without anyone thinking I'm crazy. Yeah. There's always something to be thankful for. Always. There's always going to be something to be thankful for. And it's a lifestyle. It's a way of life. And I'm telling you, by January next year, you're going to become proficient at it. You're going to become a professional. They're just giving God thanks and giving God uh, gratitude and you're going to grow and multiply in that grace that you will begin uh, to have access to. Did that help you? Amen. Come on, let's give God the praise. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. We